St. Peter Chrysologus, Sixth Sermon on the Creed. I would scarcely believe it possible for you to be changed so easily from earthly lowliness to heavenly glory if I did not find a consoling precedent in the sudden and unexpected conversion of Blessed Paul. For his quick profession of faith transformed him from a persecutor into an apostle. It gave an outstanding teacher to the church which had found him a furious destroyer of the Christian name. I moved no less by the example of that eunuch whom faith snatched into grace before his chariot could take him back to his home in India. There is, too, that remarkable instance of the thief who stole paradise at the very time when he was hung up on the cross to pay the penalty for his brigandage. The upshot of it all, my little children, is this. Since you have so arranged the time of your regeneration that neither we can say what is necessary nor you can hear what is proper, by way of adding more doctrine to that which you have, we shall explain briefly what we cannot give at greater length. For how can you, through our explanation, understand the mystery of the Apostles' Creed when you can hardly memorize its very formula? We give just this one admonition. Let no one put into writing what he is to put into his heart in order to believe it. For the Apostle has given this warning. With the heart a man believes unto justice, and with the mouth profession of faith is made unto salvation. You are now about to hear the formula of the faith, the norm of believing, and the order of your profession. So make ready the hearing of both your body and your heart. As a spring gushes out of a small opening and broadens out with its copious flowing waters, just so does the doctrine in the compressed language of the creed open up the widest paths of belief. And just as a root set deep into the earth sends its shoots far into the air, so does faith rooted deep in the heart spring up to the utmost height of belief. Therefore, purge the mud of unbelief out of your hearts, that the clear waters of faith may flow through you without hindrance. Cut the underbrush of unbelief in you at its very roots, that the stout young trees of your belief may grow to the heights. And, since the Apostle tells us that with the heart a man believes unto justice, but with the mouth profession of faith is made unto salvation, pour now into the words of audible profession what you already believe in your heart. I believe in God the Father Almighty. He who believes in God should not rashly try to fathom him. It is enough to know the fact that God is. He who inquires whence he is, how great he is, and what God is, finds himself in ignorance.
The sun blacks out an imprudent gazing, and his unpermitted approach to God becomes a blinded one. He who desires to see God should learn how to observe moderation in his gazing. If one wants to know his own God, let him not know the gods of pagans. He who calls them gods contradicts God. To serve the one God is liberty, but it is bondage to serve the many gods. Believe him to be a father whom you have acknowledged as God, in order that, by believing him to be a father, you may learn that there is a son. By calling him a son, you recognize the fact that he has been begotten from the father. Recognizing the fact that he has been begotten, do not seek to know further how he was begotten, because you have said, I believe in God, the Father Almighty. The Almighty Being can do all things, and if he can do all things, who will deny that he has a son in himself, from himself, and always with himself? God's generating has no beginning. It is incapable of an end, and it emits no separating departure, since the one begotten ever remains in the one begetting, as the Lord himself says, I am in the Father, and the Father is in me, and I and the Father are one. Now you have acknowledged the Father and the Son and the secret doctrine of his divinity, Acknowledge also the mystery of the Lord's incarnation. And in Jesus Christ, his Son. Christ is named from a heavenly anointing, for he is permeated with all the fullness of the divinity. The name Jesus is from salvation. At this name, every being in heaven and under the earth trembles, bends the knee, and makes confession with bowed head. And in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord. Just as we acknowledge one divinity of the Father and Son, so let us confess their one domination over us. And in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord. Just as we acknowledge one divinity of the Father and the Son, so let us confess their one domination over us. Who was born from the Holy Spirit of the Virgin Mary. The Spirit and the Virgin, this is not an earthly union, but it is a heavenly mystery. This is a reason why that which is born is divine. Therefore, we must acknowledge the fact that he was born, but remain silent about how he was born. For that which is secret cannot be known, that which is shut up admits of no opening, and what is unique cannot be represented by an example. Who was crucified under Pontius Pilate and was buried. You hear the name of the judge, that you may not be ignorant of the date. You hear that he was crucified, that you may learn what kind of death he suffered, 
and what he paid for your sake. It was for you that he took upon himself all the pain of such a death. You hear that he was buried, that you may know that his death was a true one, and not one unworthy to be taken seriously. To be reluctant to die is typical of human fear. To have arisen from death is a mark of divine power. So do not be shocked at hearing of his death. In this case, the glory of his resurrection blots out the harm done by death. On the third day he arose again. Because just as the fact that he dies is a mark of his humanity, the fact that he arises is a testimony from the Trinity. He ascended into heaven, carrying his human nature there where it has always remained. He sits at the right hand of the Father. He sits at the right hand because deity has nothing at the left. Whence he will come to judge the living and the dead. He will judge both the living and the dead. For those will arise for judgment who are thought to be non-existent after their death, and who in the opinion of the pagan world have perished utterly with their span of life. I believe in the Holy Spirit, that you may believe and understand that there is one God in the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. I believe in the Holy Church, that you may acknowledge that the Church, the Bride of Christ, will remain in everlasting union in Him. I believe in the remission of sins, the resurrection of the body. He who does not believe in the remission of sins and the resurrection of the flesh takes away forgiveness from himself and robs himself of life. Let your heart hold that which you have heard, and believed, and acknowledged. Let your memory retain it, but no paper know it. Do not let any secretary learn of it, lest the sacred mystery of the faith be divulged in public, and the secret of the faith scattered to the infidel. May God himself, who granted you both to hear and believe the mystery of the faith, cause you to reach eternal salvation.